certain things are not for you to explain. Some things are for you to experience, you know, and with this experience, you are not only connecting to what is blocked, but also you're able to learn how to release it and how to even understand that the energy is not flowing properly in certain areas of your body. Hi friends and family, this is JJ Ruescas, and this is another episode of Optimizing Me or Optimizandome in Spanish, the space where we invite top performers from different industries to learn from their stories, their ups and downs, their lessons, and mostly their minds. Our guest today is a breathwork facilitator and shamanic practitioner that bridges science and spirituality to create powerful healing experiences. This man has endured extreme physical, emotional, and psychological pains. Thanks to them, he understood the power of our minds and the wisdom of our bodies. With six feet, 10 inches of height, he started his story a few years ago as a basketball player. After realizing that success is mostly mental, he decided to dive into this topic and distilled his expertise in the book, The Other Eight, Ultimate Guide to Master Your Mind. Coming soon on its second edition, by the way. His own struggles helped him to transcend the place where the majority of people get stuck. And now, thanks to his passion and purpose for helping others to heal, he crafts what I would call breathwork symphonies. And we're going to talk about it today. Without further ado, let me introduce you to Vitalik Martino. Hi, Vitalik. How is it going? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to get into this conversation and see what golden nugget of wisdom and information can come out of it well i bet that many will come so i'm also very very grateful that we are able to make this happen this time now let's start from the very beginning who is vitalik and what is breathwork i'm asking myself this question almost every day <laughs> because it it's constantly changing uh who i am and what breathwork is uh, before working with 25,000 people, I had one idea of breathwork. Then I had in the middle of that journey another, and now I have even more of a different idea of what breathwork is and what it does and what are the capabilities and what is the ceiling with the practice of breathwork, as well as who is Vitali and what is Vitali's ceiling. It's constantly shifting, but if I was about to be remembered, I would like to connect myself to description of love. It's it's very vague, but that's that's what kind of impression I want to leave on people. And we are going to get back to this point because of the breadwork practices. So now let's define for people, what is breadwork? What, what makes it work in the first place? What adds work to, to breathing? So it's it's something that I'm coming back to right now because I've reached certain level of understanding and now my job is to break it down to the smaller parts, right? And to break it down for the people who are just starting the journey with breathwork. And it's actually a challenge for me because after obtaining certain amount of knowledge, I realized that I have to start again from the very beginning to explain to people what it is and what kind of breathworks are there and what it what it does to you but breathwork i would consider it as as a tool okay a tool that has a multiple uses very very universal tool okay and it doesn't it's not only allowing you to tap into your physiology but also your psyche your mind and allows you to enter different state of consciousness to gain a different perspective on a lot of a lot of situations, a lot of maybe struggles in your life to gain a different perspective and different understanding and different clarity about it. But I think most important thing about breathwork is that you can actually touch it. Like the result of practicing breathwork can be seen even after five minutes of breathing, okay? Your whole physiology is changing. There's a lot of different breathwork practices out there I combine a lot of them into something that after trial and error, 
I consider the best outlet for uh, for my my sessions are mostly for emotional release. Okay, so the most important thing about breathwork, once again, this podcast is actually going to help me understand one one more time what breathwork is. You know, so that's good. But uh, it it changes our physiology. The most important thing is that it's it's physically visible how our physiology is changing. It's unlocking a lot of a lot of different blockages from our body. It helps us become aware of where in our body the energy is not flowing, right? And especially for people who are constantly living in a fight or flight with cortisol and adrenaline uh, overload, it helps them snap back to hormonal balance, okay? And that's why a lot of people who never even tried this practice come to my sessions for the first time and they already see a lot of a lot of results because it flips the switch and instead of producing a lot of cortisol and adrenaline you start producing serotonin dopamine a lot of those good feel good hormones and sometimes it's very important to get that 180 degrees not only perspective but switch within your body to activate those good hormones and let's put a pin on this this portion we're gonna go deeper now let me ask you how or what led you to start with this path of, of breathwork and healing itself yeah so breathwork came to me actually when i wanted to commit a suicide all right i was uh paralyzed for over a year and a half and i did not see any any outlet for help i tried a lot of different treatments i did all the tests possible mri uh everything everything you can think of to figure out what's wrong with me and because i did not see any hope and any any outlet for curing myself i got very very depressed and that only deepened my my physical state but there was a very specific moment in time where one of my friends told me that I should try breathwork. I should try breathe for two hours by myself. Uh, with he sent me like some 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 music, but I did not have enough courage to commit a suicide back then, and I did not have enough courage to lean into plant medicine and psychedelics back then. So he explained that if I keep doing this type of rhythm this type of breathing for over an hour i will slowly start disassociating from my body and that's exactly what happened but throughout this one hour i noticed that out of nowhere i started screaming like a psychopath i started laughing uncontrollably i started crying and be before i even got into that state of of disconnection with my body i got there and I, I was outside of my body and it felt good. And I came back to do this practice again. And I noticed that during the second time I did it, I started noticing that I can move my toes around, my ankles around. Nice. So we were talking about that it started working by the second time you started feeling uh, that something was happening within your body. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, and I did not know where all those emotions came from, you know, because as men, we tend to tend to build up walls around ourselves, you know, and we are out of touch with our emotions because we're constantly taught to suck it up, to man up, you know, to brush it off. And I was surprised that I started sobbing, started crying. And it's not like it was connected to certain memories. It was coming out of nowhere for during my first time when I done it. It's interesting. If you have tried several things and nothing had worked except for, for your friend's suggestion, that friend is worth a million dollars or even more, <laughs> definitely. And I wanted to mention something that also helped me get out of that state because uh releasing things out of your body is one thing but also connecting the dots why this experience happened in the first place it's also very important with healing any kind of trauma i think there's important part to connect it cognitively 
and release it somatically. So one cannot go without the other. You cannot just connect the dots in your head that, oh, this something happened and that's why I'm in this position. But also you need to understand that your body remembers everything that happened to you. And even though you might connect something in your head, you need to release it from the body. And that's what breathwork does. And I figure out the way how to bring both of those modalities of cognitive connection and somatic release into my breathwork sessions with certain very specific suggestions uh, and specific music tracks. And it, it came together after a lot of different trials and errors and it works. And, and question now, you, I see that you are combining, like you said, different methodologies for healing and also different schools of even breath work because like i mentioned in the intro in your sessions you it's something that i've never seen and i've tried so many different schools of breath work but in this case you're tapping on 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 a combination of different things when did you get this idea because i know for example that one of the books that you wrote is or the book that you wrote is about mindset so how did you get the connection between breathwork and mindset or, and how did the book also originate it? So the book originated after I've recovered from my, my paralysis and a very important doctor came into my life. His name was Dr. Dan Ratner and he put me on a TV show, on a TV show where they needed an athlete with a chronic pain. Right. It's actually he came to me because I was invited to be on this show. It was a crazy story. I went uh, I went to Sedona uh, when I was going through it and I took a bunch of medication and even smoked a lot of a lot of marijuana to make that ride to Sedona. And we got a little bit on a higher on the bell rock in Sedona. I don't know if you're familiar, but there was no service and. We spent with my other friend about an hour, hour and a half there. And while we're uh, coming down from the from the little hike, uh, I had over 20 missed calls from TV producer that I got connected to when I was practicing with a lot of NBA guys and I was living that high high lifestyle in LA for for a little while and she asked me like what's going on you i cannot find you anywhere what happened to you and i, I told her what happened and she's like oh that's perfect that's perfect because i'm a producer on this show and we need an athlete with the chronic pain who that stopped his career and the doctor actually is the one who connected the dots for me mentally that all of this happened because uh, I was going through a lot of trauma emotionally and I had a lot of unprocessed trauma from the times when I was an athlete and a lot of events happened to me back to back to back. My father died, my ex-girlfriend miscarried, I got very badly injured and I did not have an outlet for getting those emotions out. I did not even know that I need to do something about them. I thought that if I'm not thinking about something, if I'm... Uh, resisting to feel something then it's not happening to me right uh, we very often a, lo a lot of people actually get into a habit of i would say toxic positivity right because people focus so much on the love and light on the good stuff that they discredit and don't pay attention to the lessons of their shadow you know and a lot of people like to flip the switch. Oh, something bad happened. Oh, no, it's happened for the good. I have faith in God that everything's going to be fine. And this is one part to make everything fine. But the other part that I learned on my own, that your shadow holds a lot of a lot of wisdom. And your shadow meaning things that you might be afraid of, things you might be ashamed of, guilty of, things that you've been hiding from other people by putting on a lot of different masks, right? And I realized that by working with the shadow, we are actually expanding our capacity for the positivity, all right? Because instead of being afraid of something and running from something, we face it and we fill that space with love. 
because eventually our shadow is also us and if we neglect and not integrate certain aspect of ourselves then what kind of love can we talk about you know wow wow and it, like you said i i love this part of toxic positivity even myself i've been on the on the side of we are all happy i have to be happy I have to be happy disregarding actually like you said parts of me that are waiting to be integrated so so now now i start understanding that how you got through the struggles help you connect the different pieces of mindset with the somatic part of the body right now you mentioned at the beginning also parts of that that you were afraid of at that time or were not very conscious of getting into plant medicine or psychedelics how did you get into that part i got into it because i had a dream one night where i was in the jungle and there was like a old wrinkled lady sitting uh in the jungle legs crossed like a abuelita you know and she she gave me a cup in my dreams and she i basically understood that i have to drink it and i drink that cup and i started immediately imagine that the the earth have swallowed me the jungle have swallowed me uh, and i started having a lot of a lot of crazy crazy visuals And I had a moment where it, I thought that I died and then I woke up and I went a few days, like not even remembering that I had that dream. And then I heard a conversation of one of my friends that, oh, I have done uh, ayahuasca and it helped me with this, with that. And I'm doing it again next week. And I'm like, what is ayahuasca? And the way she explained it, I realized that, oh my God, I dreamed about it a few days earlier. So this is how ayahuasca came to me. And my first ceremony was not with uh, like a famous or powerful shaman. It was like with Ayahuasquero who studied a little bit in Peru. And it was probably like her 60th ceremony, you know. So the brew wasn't too strong, but it was strong enough to help me understand and connect to the bigger whole and see myself in a completely different perspective and since then i drank with five different cultures tribes uh, teachers before i discovered my own teacher uh, taita pedro and since i've discovered him my life has been a crazy crazy ride what is it that because i i know myself in shamans already but The, the, the apprenticeship of, of shaman, can you describe part of this? Because you're already doing the work of healing through breath work. Plus now this one on top, it's like layers and layers. Of, let, let's put it this way. Technology layers, one on top of each other. How do they connect or how do you make them connect in your practice? I think the most important thing to understand here is that the best master is the person that can always call himself an apprentice. And this is something that my teacher said. So first of all, working with plant medicine, working with my teacher gives me a lot, a lot of humility. All right. Because he saw it in my eyes in the first ceremony that, yes, I have a lot of potential, but I have a lot of ego to let go of. Right. And I believe that you cannot be a master in something if you're not continuously continuously upgrading the knowledge you're flexible with it you know and ayahuasca how it comes together with the breath work is this is where i do my work this is where i face my shadow with ayahuasca this is where this is where I, i get back to humility to get back to position of an apprentice instead of living only with that fame and all these people coming to me because if i wasn't doing the work with plant medicine my apprenticeship my head would probably be exploding it would be so big because i have so much attention from from people that are coming to me thinking that i'm the healer but i am there to help them realize that they are the healers they are the medicine 
right? And ayahuasca definitely helps me understand and navigate the energy because I believe that everything is energy. And there's a lot of different cultures that serve ayahuasca that like to talk about entities and spirits. My teacher explains to me, because it's a Colombian way of serving, he explains to me that everything is energy and to not attach the meaning and personify too much the the entities and the energies in the ceremony because everything is energy and it's us humans who like to attach the meaning whether the energy is good or the energy is bad but it's all energy and ayahuasca helps you to see that everything is energy and that you are everything and you are also energy right and ultimately i feel like the goal of plant medicine is to show you that vibration of love the universal vibration of love whether it's mushrooms whether it's ayahuasca whether it's mescaline peyote i feel like the ultimate goal of the of the medicines they are trying to connect you to that bigger whole and to the universal love not the romantic love not the sexual but the universal you know and if you believe in any kind of creator i believe that god is love god is a frequency of a vibration of love and it's the most powerful vibration in the universe and we are unable to constantly perceive that love because of our human conditioning okay and i believe that everything outside of love is human conditioning everything outside of love is human conditioning and that human conditioning is not allowing us to perceive that love but i think it's also a very joyous ride to be able to remember to be able to get back to love i feel like that's why also god created this this realm for us to be able to find that love back again and come back to it you know because it's it's an interesting process one of the, the things that I remember the most from one of your latest sessions that we that we shared here in Austin was that unconditioning or we are living in a conditioned way or in a conditioned state. And like you said, once we remove or de decrease the, the conditioning, that's when we can tap on on healing, which is uh, the homeostasis, the balance, uh, emotional balance within ourselves. Yes, and I want to add something in here because I remember talking to you and you've asked very mind-oriented questions, like very logical type of thinking that I have been trying to separate myself a little bit from the logical thinking, which is hard because if you want to be successful, you have to combine both the heart and the mind, right? Because... Yes, I would love to just show up to the breathwork and do beautiful ceremonies, but there's an aspect of business that comes to it, right? Marketing, content creation, uh, branding, and all that stuff. And I have to get back to my logical thinking. I would love to just be in my heart space 24-7, you know? But that's also where ayahuasca comes in handy because the way of teaching of my teacher is... He does not provide me a lot of context. Context meaning explanation to what the hell happened to me, right? He is allowing me to gain that wisdom and gain that knowledge on my own. He throws me deep into the ocean where the storm is just crazy storm. Actually, his medicine is called Treno Selva Yahe. Treno means thunder, jungle thunder Yahe. So just imagine the sound, the, the name itself. <laughs> People can get chills. Yeah, and he's not explaining that, oh, in this moment you have to do this and in that moment you have to do that. No, you have to trust yourself, trust your heart so much that you will know what to do. Yes, I observe my teacher, how he does things, how he moves the energy during ceremony, but ultimately... To be able to navigate the energy, I have to be connected to my heart because heart is the channel to, to the divine. And basically, when you are connected to the heart, you are connected to a bigger whole and you're guided. I'm not even thinking 
during my events, even right now. I don't know <laughs> what the hell I just said, but I just trust that I said something that will uh, resonate with people, you know? And it's, it's, it's hard for me to pick up information on the spot, but I know that I have a big toolbox of information that will come up when it's needed. That was deep. <laughs> that was very deep. <laughs> Thanks for that. So let me let me bring us now to, to the level of the audience. Okay, if I'm someone who feels that there is some emotional blockage, something is feels stagnant or it feels numb, what or how should I start my healing process? Should I t go straight into psychedelics? Should I go straight into breath work? Should I combine both of them? What would you suggest? What's what's the common process that you would say that you've seen? Mm -hmm. So this is why I designed my sessions, you know, and this is why I'm traveling all around the country, because certain things are not for you to explain. Some things are for you to experience, you know, and with this experience, you are not only connecting to what is blocked but also you're able to learn how to release it and how to even understand that the energy is not flowing properly in certain areas of your body, okay? So you, you asked me if, what is the good step to start the journey, right? Yeah, so I think, I think it's different for everybody because everyone starts their journey in a different way different spot but i noticed that before it gets better it's gonna get worse <laughs> you know and the first first thing to understand if you want to dive into the spiritual path and the path of consciousness and being aware of what is going on not only in your body but also in your life and how it's all connected as within so without you have to understand that it's not going to be an easy journey and once you once you become committed to that journey, there is no going back. And what is what is the opposite of not taking that that road, that journey? I think it's a blue pill, like in Matrix. You know, the Morpheus gave you two pills, and you can either live in the Matrix and live with the patterns that you are not aware of, and that they run your life. People become living people start living on autopilot you know there a lot of lives look like okay i'm getting up for work that i don't really like i spend there most of my day i come back home tired i don't have any sexual drive i want to drink a beer watch netflix and run the life on repeat you know and just wait for the weekend and on the weekend go drink and party because life is not good and this was part of my life and I knew that there is so much more to life. I knew that there is so much more freedom to be able to experience so much more excitement, right? A lot of people are not even excited about their life. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that, that metaphor. Of the, it, it brings me back, not only the old Matrix movies, but also the, the latest one, which they had lots of blue pills and the, the, the main character knew was living numb all the time. Now, what are, in your case, Vitalik, some failures in this journey, in this healing and growth journey that look like, like failures, but they became growth catalysts that you can clearly pinpoint? I think I'm very blessed that my journey with plant medicine started before I started traveling and working with breathwork. Because with the work with ayahuasca, I realize that everything is perfect every single part is perfect if you believe in god then you probably believe that he created everything perfectly then why should i question myself and with that awareness it was easy to to start sharing my practice with people even though it didn't work as if as i was expecting it right it's okay. It's perfect because those experiences where people didn't get the emotional release that I was hoping for 
helped me realize what twitches and tweaks and I need to make into my practice. You know, and with that awareness that I cannot fail and I have no competition. Because if I'm truly allowing myself to be myself, then who else can be better than myself than me? <laughs> you know, I, I like to say that your energy is your trademark, you know, because nobody can be better at you than you. You know, and yes, there is a lot of a lot of different breathworks out there, a lot of different teachers, thousands of teachers. But I don't think outside of Wim Hof, there was anybody who took it on a scale that I have taken it in the last seven months, working with 25,000 people in a time of still pandemic, you know, where people are not, uh, not fully free to to attend these events. I had a lot of, a lot of hate coming from uh, people who were afraid of COVID, you know, that this is a super spreader, that you're killing people, you know, but I knew deep inside that what I'm doing is right. And ultimately it's going to create more healing uh, in people and that we need this right now more than ever, especially because COVID hit our lungs, you know, and restricted our breathing so we need to learn how to breathe again it's a very symbolical time in in this world and this life you know and we have to pay attention where the work needs to be done if our lungs are affected maybe we should strengthen our lungs you know that makes that makes sense and also what i'm thinking is the, the practice, the, the sessions that you, that you uh, facilitate, I've seen people around 90 to 100. To, even last time here in Austin, there were around 150 people or something like that, right? It was massive. And there is this communal uh, feeling of healing that I do believe that is a key factor in what you do because that empowers every individual to actually express release, I would say. Is that by design? What other elements you put by design? I'm, I'm just teasing people so that they can go check out by themselves this, this experience. Yeah, so I think having 150, my biggest breathworks are up to 300. It's, it's a very powerful setting to have. And there is a reason why I'm doing it in hotel convention centers and stuff and not outside because it's easier to contain the energy it's not easier but it's better to for energy to flow within the room and if one person starts to release the other person understands that it's okay for the other person to cry as well you know and the energy is bouncing off and people eventually give themselves and each other the permission to be vulnerable you know, to permission to let go of control, permission to be sad, permission to feel guilty, feel ashamed and bring those emotions to the surface. Because it's worse when we don't have a setting or practice in our life to be able to release that energy. That's when you mentioned at some point that it gets stagnant in our bodies. Is that correct? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like I said, with this practice, we, I help people to find outlets, not only understand what is stuck and where, but also how to get it out of your system. Because like I said before, we humans like to attach meaning whether energy is good or bad, you know, but I think that we connect to what is bad energy is something that we struggle to get it out of our system, right? There might be a person on the street that looked at you some kind of way and you picked up their energy, right? And you don't feel good after they look at you for like an hour or maybe even like 20, 30 minutes. You have that distaste, you know, something shifted in you. But that's because we're not equipped with tools to be able to process that energy. You know, especially well, a stranger is one thing, but if especially if you live with a person, you know, who who triggers you constantly. And because 
you love them because you have respect for them. You're not going to yell at them. You're not going to scream. You're not going to release those emotions in front of them, right? And we build up, build up, build up until the blockage is so heavy that our physical body is letting us know through the pain. Pain is a teacher. Pay attention. There is something that you need to pay attention to, you know? And not only in, in the sense of uh, we having respect for other person that we um, hold on to our feelings. Sometimes we are being oppressed, especially kids, right? As, as kids, we have this parental figure that may be abusive, let's say. And so we don't have our physical or, or even psychological ways to deal with what is happening. And, and my guess is that that's what stores the emotions and the later that becomes a trauma what what's your take absolutely absolutely i like to give example in my sessions that i actually grew up without my father and as a little background uh i was born in belarus it's an old soviet union country it was part of the soviet union and in the 90s when i was born uh it was very very popular for people to be bandits to be uh, to join mafia to join organized crime you know and the people who joined mafia they were like celebrities you know uh in the uh, especially in the smaller cities and my father was was involved with mafia and was involved with organized crime and he traded weapons narcotics you know and we got in trouble he he got in trouble and he was searched by Interpol and a really bad story. We basically had to run away from from Belarus to Poland to escape that life because I remember one of my earliest memories was a gun being put to my mom's head and she realized that she doesn't want this type of life for, for me and my sister. So we basically ran away to a different country. And why am I telling this? Because as I was doing the work, uh, a memory resurfaced for me where I had a basketball game when I was about seven years old. I had a good bas basketball game. And I remember that nobody was there to support me. I looked at the bleacher, my father, my mom was not there. And I felt like shit, right? And in that moment, I developed the belief that I'm not worthy of love and I'm not worthy of attention. So even a small event like that where your parent doesn't show up to your performance can create a belief that is going to alter your whole life because i put myself in the situations unaware of that of that memory and unaware that i have certain belief like that i put myself in the relationships and in the career situations that screamed at me that i'm not worthy of love i'm not worthy of attention you know and part of the healing is becoming aware of those beliefs, of those patterns that run your life unconsciously. And your body is a great, great, it's almost like a GPS for trauma. Because whatever the energy is stored, whatever the energy is not flowing in our body, it also corresponds to whatever is going on in our life. Let's say on the right side, in my session, right? You might have a tension, pain in your right side of your stomach, right? And first thing I connected to is anger and unreleased emotions, unexpressed energy towards males in your life. So maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your brother, maybe it's your boyfriend, you know? And the same analogical thing on the left side, I considered it connected to the females in your life every energy that did not find an outlet, your body remembers, you know, uh, and everything is correlated. And your body is like a GPS that can help you understand why this is happening to you, why you're experiencing pain, and why this pattern keeps repeating. Your body is like your guidance. And, and we disregard the body or even we dismiss the, the, the symptoms and we label them as, as annoyances instead of what you said, 
pinpointing the map in this gps huh absolutely and what's even worse is that our society is built in a way that if something hurts here's the pill to relieve the pain and we get we live in that numbness state where our body is trying to scream something at us bring your attention to this situation because it's going to get worse if you're not deal with it and what doctors give us is pill, you know, to alleviate the pain, alleviate the headache, alleviate the stomach ache. No, everything that is happening in your body is there to teach you, to help you understand the energy, to help you understand yourself, and to help you even remember, you know? Wow. So this is, I understand now, the somatic part, the somatic symptoms that we have are the the signals now what about the the mental ones how do you find or how can we help people or how do you help people find their belief systems and their values mostly belief systems because probably those are the ones that got stuck there now let me connect this part because i know that you have a background on, on nlp for the people that they don't know what is nlp let's do a quick summary and how you you applied this one to your session Please. Yeah, so yes, I do have a little bit of background with neuro-linguistic programming, and it's basically using language to reprogram your neurology, reprogram your uh, neurological patterns. And I don't use it as much because I found that connecting to my heart and connecting to the breath is a lot more powerful way to help people uh change even their neurology but nlp is a great tool especially for the very beginning uh of of your journey to it's a it's a technology that helps you understand certain and make certain connections okay something might be happening because of something you know and the same thing with nlp we have a lot of representational systems right auditory, visual, kinesthetic, uh, and those representational systems help us process the energy, process the information, you know, and sometimes uh, it's easier for people who process more of the world with auditory, it's better for them to hear something, you know, and they will connect the dots this way. Another person will connect something with being touched in certain way you know maybe even a person who forgot and who resisted motherly love because their mother was emotionally unavailable for them you know a person comes to them and touches them with with love with care and even an emotional release can happen then because they connect the feeling of kinesthetic connection of energetic connection to a certain memory so it's definitely all connected and like i said in the very beginning that the master is a person who always can call himself an apprentice you know so constantly learning about what other modalities have to offer can be a great tool to have that flexibility because our world world is constantly changing and if you're not adjusting to it then you're falling behind. Yeah, and that makes sense. Even we see that through the tech, that this this technology, we're calling technology to NLP, breathwork, psychedelics, and they are also upgrading or they are they are complementing each other, right? And that's basically what we use with Google Drive, with Gmail, with da 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 da. We're constantly upgrading those tools, and that's the reason I, I do believe now, based on what you said, that we need to become aware of the other healing tools, healing and thriving tools at some point, right? Yes, and it's I'm only sharing what helped me on my journey, you know? I'm not sharing something that did not work for me. If Why would I share that, you know? So NLP helped me in the early stages of my healing, and I use it less and less, but it's always good to have this in your pocket, you know? You never know when you need to ask a certain question for a person. Let's say the the Tony Robbins, one of my favorite Tony Robbins' questions in, in his events is whose love you've craved more, right? Whose love you've craved more? And we're not used to asking ourselves 
NLP, I feel like is there also to fuck around with your brain a little bit, <laughs> you know, and make you think, make you think in the ways that you are not usually thinking, you know, to change the pattern of thinking. And you probably never thought whose love you've craved more, right? But it's a very important question to understand how you are receiving love in this life. And why are you not loving yourself fully? Perfect. Yeah, it is. Whose love you craved more? Yeah, whose love you've craved more. So that question alone can help you understand where the healing needs to happen. Because maybe your mom gave you all the love you wanted, right? But your dad was a little bit unavailable, right? And as a child, you wanted to receive more love from your dad. And to receive more love, you had to perform certain certain actions that became later on a pattern, right? That's where all the daddy issues are coming from, you know? We think that we need to do something in order to receive love. No, we don't have to do anything, you know? And that is, that is actually the conditioning, right? It's if I do this, then I will get love. And we forget that without even doing anything we are love now now understand what you mean by that yeah but it takes it's almost like a, a paulo coelho book uh the alchemist alchemist i think alchemist the where where the person starting the journey from one point and he's going all this journey just to get back to to the very very beginning but when they get back they have a completely new and different understanding so even though I I had those tools with NLP available for me in the beginning of my journey, I understand now that they work because there is something way deeper than they tell you in those NLP courses that is happening. And it's, it's all based on getting back to love, self-love, self-respect, compassion, patience, and peace. NLP, I feel like it's also helping you to understand the meaning of your state of emotional state of mental state and it helps you to anchor certain certain emotions certain states so you can get back to them so vitalik can you tell me who where or are your mentors or role models we talked a little bit about them but let's see who else influenced your work I think in the very early stages, uh, definitely I looked up to the character of Tony Robbins, you know, because that's where that's where my fascination with NLP came. Because this is something that he also uses in his seminars, in his uh, type of work, and I wanted to understand what, how is he able to tap into under such a deep understanding of people's process and that's where how how i was influenced with with nlp um with breath work there was no with breath work it was more of a self-exploration i would say i i was aware that there is um stanislav grof that has holotropic tropic method of breathing and that's something i actually looked into after i started developing my own process uh, which also helped me to validate that what i was doing it's something that has been working yeah so stanislav grof was more like a validation for me that what i was doing is already working uh, i think the most the most the biggest life changer for me and the person who just came and turned my life upside down completely was my teacher, Taita Pedro Davia, uh, because he made me understand that everything I was studying, everything I was learning, it has no meaning if you don't have that inner knowing, you know, because our mind we are used to process information with our intellect and even in Indi indian yogic systems mind is divided into 16 different parts and intellect is just 
one part of the mind. And I think Sadhguru said that uh, intellect is like scalpel. It cuts things into two so you can see what's inside, right? And some things you are not able to understand with intellect. You're not going to cut your mom in half, you know, to see what's inside of her. I think that's the example he gave. But there's a lot of things that are not processed with our intellect. And my teacher is the first person who helped me realize that the knowing is more important than having all the information in the world. And and the knowing, yeah, and the knowing comes from from the heart. Hmm. In that case, would it be some kind of what what we call wisdom, more than knowing, or what? How would you make the difference between those two? I feel that maybe wisdom comes with uh, going through certain experiences. And the knowing comes from connecting something bigger than yourself, because and and you can and you can turn your experience of gaining the knowing into the wisdom, because even in yoga, I used to be very fascinated with with yoga, and that's where the breathing came in the first place from from India from pranayamas, you know, but. I was fascinated in achieving the state of samadhi, you know, where you completely dissolve uh, from from your identity. You lose any type of shape or form and basically you dissolve into that oneness. And I understood that it's important what you do with the knowledge that you've gained from that experience. It's not important that you've reached it. It's not important that you took 10 grams of mushrooms and connected to the universe. It's what are you going to do with the knowledge that you've gained from that experience and from that understanding that everything is one, that you are love, that love is the most powerful vibration, that everything is perfect, that you have to trust. And that's what I did. That's what I did. I took those bits of knowledge and I started applying it in my own life and integrating and it's been working. And it's 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 a very simple, very simple things. Very simple things that make a huge difference. Yeah. Now in this path of attaining knowledge or at or and knowledge and wisdom let's let's call it that way and what you do with that what is one thing that you have unlearned in this case thanks to these experiences that improved your 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 own process and other people's absolutely i stopped doubting myself i stopped being afraid to show my heart to people i stopped being being anxious about the outcome you know, because the states that my teacher puts me through is complete chaos, complete, complete chaos. And it's very hard to navigate that space. And all you can do in those moments is just trust. Trust that everything is perfect and it will pass. It will, it, 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 it will also pass, you know, and you will get back to a normal state maybe the normal state is not going to be the normal what you thought is normal but you're going to come back to yourself to a homeostasis again right to a balance yeah a new balance okay let's start heading towards the last questions that i have for you now let's talk about yourself vitalik can you describe what are your daily habits that make the best version of yourself having this this kind of crazy lifestyle of traveling and psychedelics and breadwork how do you work um best what's your best version performing habits so i think everything is coming down to adjustments because i was not prepared that i'm gonna travel the country and there is no book that is telling you 
how to do it and how to not lose your shit while you're doing it, you know, and it's been a process of learning and adjusting and adjusting to, to, I always say it in my sessions and I've been applying it instead of thinking of what you want to do and how you want to do it, focus on how you want to feel, right? So I think most of my decisions in my life are made based on how I want to feel. And right now is the perfect moment for me to take a break from traveling to get back to myself to reconnect to myself because I want to feel myself again. You know, when you have events in a different city all around the country every day with hundreds of people, you I connect to people, I connect to their energies, and it's very easy to lose yourself in the process. So it's definitely, it's a, it's a good, maybe it's also NLP. Instead of thinking how, what you want to do, think how you want to feel, you know? And I want to feel at peace. I want to feel that vibration of love in my life every day. And at the beginning, I thought that the traveling, working with people is going to give me that vibration of love every day, but there needs to be balance as well, you know, and I need to come back to myself and also do the work on myself with plant medicine, with ayahuasca, because it's only going to show me the places that I'm unaware of, the things that I don't know that I don't know. And those integration of those parts what you the parts that you don't know that you don't know can help me elevate my sessions my traveling my business on a whole another level and this is this is my process i drink ayahuasca i gain that humility i gain that knowing i gain some like we talked some downloads about how to navigate this reality better, how to help people get back to their hearts better, how to create even more energy in the room and how to create even more impact, you know? And that's my process. That's my process. And right now I'll be developing an app uh, that will help people to kind of replicate what I've been doing. Because it's not, like I said, it's not important to go through an experience if you not do anything about it. And that state of love, that state of bliss that I take people towards the very end of session, it's something that can change your life completely. Imagine if every day you felt at peace, you felt bliss, you felt love. How would your life change? You know? And that's where the app is going to come in handy because... I'm going to supply people with different practices that will develop that muscle because the state is almost like a muscle. The more you're able to understand it, lean into it and get back to on a daily basis, the more you will be able to live in that state. Hmm. Well, this is shamanism 21st century. This is how we heal <laughs> in greater scales. And thank you. I really appreciate all the work that you and your team are doing, Vitali. I know that it is tough work. And uh, at the same time, what you are doing is, is what we all need. So thank you very much for it. Okay, last questions. Let's do this. So, Vitali, just to finish, where can people find you on the net? I think the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. Add vitality, but instead of V, it's W. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Because my name starts with a W. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there's where people can find all, also parts of how, uh, or parts of the experience of the sessions. Absolutely. Yes. There's a bunch of videos. And some people ask me if this is ayahuasca. No, I don't post any process of ayahuasca. I think this is a lot more intimate process and sacred. And I only post uh, content from my breathwork. So everything you see on my social media, it comes from from the breathworks. Perfect. Thank you. 
just the last question that we ask our guests is, Vitalik, if you could leave the audience with a question to expand their minds, or in this case, not only their minds, but their hearts, what would that question be? How do you want to feel? Great. How do you want to feel? Because that question alone can help people to get out of the mode of doing, 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 doing. You know, because we often are stuck in a cycle of doing that we become a human doing instead of a human being. And that question, how do you want to feel, can help you even get back to your body and get back to your actual desires. Because a lot of people are stuck in those cycles and they got used to feeling depressed. They got used to feeling insecure feeling anxious but how do you actually want to feel in your life how do you want to feel and i always say that start adjusting your life based on how you want to feel because feeling yeah feeling is a vibration feeling is a frequency and the more you feel how you want to feel the more you will be able to attract what you want to attract based on how you want to feel. I always say, if you feel like shit, shit will come. You know, if you feel amazing, amazing things will happen. You know, it's simple. As within, so without. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much, Vitalik. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we close this episode? Any parting thoughts? Yes, come to my events. (laughs) I'm traveling all around the country. I'm sure that you have listeners in different parts of the country. I'll be posting on Instagram at Vitality with a W. So please stay tuned and I'll come. I'll come after you. (laughs) Thank you very much. I know that you will. (laughs) Okay, guys. If you enjoyed this conversation with Vitalik Martinov, the breathwork guy that you need to learn from, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to receive notifications for upcoming interviews. That's all for today. Keep learning, keep optimizing, and see you soon.